Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our Course in Miracles daily reading conference call. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles original edition, which is published by our friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net. Or if you mouse over the link at top for online edition, you'll have a drop-down menu that reveals the tab Read ACIMOE. At the bottom of that drop-down menu, there's an option to subscribe to receive a daily excellent email from Sims that includes the text that we share with each other every morning, as well as the lesson for the day. My name is Lori Cameron. This calls Monday through Friday from about 9.15 to about 11 a.m. Eastern. And today we continue our reading of Chapter 4, The Root of All Evil, with Section 5, The Escape from Fear. We're also mindful of our lesson today, Lesson 43. God is my source, and I cannot see apart from Him. By way of opening this morning, I found a little a little well of Mary Beth Scalise pieces um, that I think I'll tap a couple of times this week. And this is one of the first. Um, she wrote a book called Right Beloved Right, um, which is available on Amazon, and she has other unpublished manuscripts that she shares generously on the Foundation for Open Hearts website. And here's one of them. I have a painful fantasy of a dark world. Jesus asked me to recognize my thoughts as hallucinations. I'm invited to come into his light. He makes an emphatic call for faith and fidelity and for a remembrance that I have practiced homecoming all my life. The plea of the Beloved is that I stay in him this time, where a place is prepared and a vision given, a purpose is revealed, and every longing heart refreshed. God says, I am. God has come to stay. God and Jesus speak as one voice. In his light, I can see the world and myself as he sees. If I but cherish the gift of assumption into his being, the fire and flare of many billions of beings is made known as the infinite field of Christ's identity, which crowns the world in vivid splendor. God is my source, I cannot see apart from him. Amen. Thank you, Lori. Thank you for that. Beautiful thank you. Oh, you are so welcome. Yeah, it'll be an interesting week, I think, as we we touch into some of these. So thanks, guys. Um, here's our reading list today. We have Fran, Lemoyne, Robin Marie, Judy, Karen and Jessica. Has anyone else joined us would like to be on the reading list or just say good morning? Hi, good morning, Diana. I, I'd love to read. Thank you. 
Thank you, Diana. Oh, good morning, Renee. I didn't hear you very well, but I'm glad you're here. I had a thought of you this morning. Um, so, here we go then. In Chapter 4, Section 5, The Root of All Evil, The Escape from Fear. We're going to start today at paragraph 54. If you cannot hear the voice of God, it is because you do not choose to listen. Did I say 54? I meant paragraph 56. If you cannot hear the voice of God, it is because you do not choose to listen. The fact that you do listen to the voice of your ego is demonstrated by your attitudes, feelings, and your behavior. Obstacle conflicted, your feelings have a narrow range on the negative side but are never purely joyous, and your behavior is either strained or unpredictable. Yet this is what you want. This is what you want. This is what you are fighting to keep and what you are visual to save. Schemes to save the face of your egos, not seek the face of God. The, e- the glass in which the ego seeks to see its face is dark indeed. How can it maintain the trick of its existence except with mirrors? But where you look to find yourself is up to you. Pray. Chapter 4, The Root of All Evil, Section 5, The Escape from Fear, and Paragraph 56. If you cannot hear the voice of God, it is because you do not choose to listen. The fact that you do listen to the voice of your ego is demonstrated by your attitudes, your feelings, and your behavior. Your attitudes are obviously conflicted. Your feelings have a narrow range on the negative side, but are never purely joyous, and your behavior is either strained or unpredictable. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yet this is what you want. This is what you are fighting to keep and what you are vigilant to save. Your minds are filled with schemes to save the face of your egos, and you do not seek the face of God. The glass in which the ego seeks to see its face is dark indeed. How can it maintain the trick of its existence except with mirrors? But where you look to find yourself is up to you. 57. We have said that you cannot change your mind by changing your behavior, but we have also said, and many times before, that you can change your mind. When your mood tells you that you have chosen wrongly, and this is so whenever you are not joyous, then no, this need not be. In every case, you have thought wrongly about some soul that God created and are perceiving images your ego makes in a darkened glass. Think honestly what you have thought that God would not have thought and what you have not thought that God would have you think. Search sincerely for what you have done and left undone accordingly and then change your mind to think with God's. Thank you, Fran. And Lauren.
We have said that you cannot change your mind by changing your behavior. But we have also said, and many times before, that you can change your mind. When your mood tells you that you have chosen wrongly, and this is so whenever you are not joyous, then no, this need not be. In every case, you have thought wrongly about some soul that God has created, deceiving images your ego makes in a darkened glass. Think honestly what you would have thought that God would not have thought and what you have not thought that God would have you think. Search sincerely for what you have done and left done accordingly. Excuse me. Search sincerely for what you have done and left undone accordingly and then change your minds to think with God. This may seem hard to you, but it is much easier than trying to think against it. Your mind is one with God's. Denying this and thinking otherwise has held your ego together, but has literally split your mind. As a loving brother, I am deeply concerned with your mind, and I urge you to follow my example as you look at yourselves and each other and see in both the glorious creations of a glorious Father. Thank you, Lemoyne and Robin Marie. I made it go up one line. Search sincerely for what you have done and left undone accordingly. And then change your minds to think with God's. 58. This may seem hard to you, but it is much easier than trying to think against it. Your mind is one with God's. Denying this and thinking otherwise has held your ego together, but has literally split your mind. As a loving brother, I am deeply concerned with your mind and urge you to follow my example as you look at yourselves and at each other and see in both the glorious creations of a glorious Father. 59. When you are sad, know that this need not be. Depression always arises ultimately from a sense of being deprived of something you want and do not have. Know you are deprived of nothing except by your own decisions and then decide otherwise. Thank you, Robin Marie and Judy. Oh, I love this section. Thank you, Lori. When you are sad, know that this need not be. Depression always arises, ultimately, from a sense of being deprived of something you want and do not have. No, you are deprived of nothing except by your own decision and then decide otherwise. When you are anxious, know that all anxiety comes from the capriciousness of the ego and need not be. You can be 
as vigilant against the ego's dictates as for them. Is it where I stop? Thanks, Judy. And Karen. 60. When you are anxious, know that all anxiety comes from the capriciousness of the ego and need not be. You can be as vigilant against the ego's dictates as for them. 61. When you feel guilty, know that the ego has indeed violated the laws of God, but you have not. Leave the sins of the ego to me. That is what atonement is for. But until you change your mind about those your ego has hurt, the ego, the atonement cannot release you. As long as you feel guilty, your ego is in command because only the ego can experience guilt. This need not be. Thank you, Karen. And uh, Jessica. Yeah, I love this section too. (laughs) Okay, Um, let's see. 61. When you feel guilty, know that the ego has indeed violated the laws of God, but you have not. Leave the sins of the ego to me. That is what atonement is for. But until you change your mind about those your ego has hurt, the atonement cannot release you. As long as you feel guilty, your ego is in command because only the ego can experience guilt. This need not be. Watch your mind for the temptations of the ego and do not be deceived by it. No, it offers you nothing. When you have given up this voluntary dispiriting, you will see how your mind can focus and rise above fatigue and heal. Yet you are not sufficiently vigilant against the demands of the ego to disengage yourself. This need not be. Thank you, Jessica. And Diana. Um, Are you on mute, Diana? Oh, I was. Good morning. 62. Thank you. Watch your mind for the temptations of the ego and do not be deceived by it. Know it offers you nothing. When you have given up this voluntarily, dispiriting, you will see how your mind can focus and rise above fatigue and heal. Yet you are not sufficiently vigilant against the demands of the ego to just uh, engage yourself. This need not be 63. The habit, big word, the habit of engaging with God it and his creations is easily made if you actively refuse to let your mind slip away. The problem 
not one of concentration. It is the belief that no one, including yourself, is worth consistent effort. Side with me consistently against this deception and do not permit this shabby belief to pull you back. The disheartened are useless to themselves and to me, but only the ego can be disheartened. You have really, have you really considered how many opportunities you have to gladden yourself and how many of them you have refused. There is no limit to the power of the Son of God that he himself can limit the expression of his power as much as he chooses. Let me read that last sentence again, please. There is no limit to the power of God. There is no limit to the power of the Son of God. But he himself can limit the expressions of his power as much as he chooses. Thank you. Thank you, Diana. And um, is there a new reader? 463 and 64? A reader for 63 and 64. Right back to you, Fran. 63. The habit of engaging with God and his creations is easily made if you actively refuse to let your mind slip away. The problem is not one of concentration. It is the belief that no one, including yourself, is worth consistent effort. Side with me consistently against this deception and do not permit this shabby belief to pull you back. The disheartened are useless to themselves and to me, but only the ego can be disheartened. Have you really considered how many opportunities you have to gladden yourselves and how many of them you have refused? There is no limit to the power of a son of God, but he himself can limit the expression of his power as much as he chooses. 54. Your mind and mine can unite in shining your ego away and releasing the strength of God into everything you think and will and do. Do not settle for anything less than this and refuse to accept anything but this as your goal. Watch your minds carefully for any beliefs that hinder its accomplishment and step away from them. Judge how well you have done this by your own feelings, for this is the one right use of judgment. Judgment, like any other defense, can be used to attack or protect, to hurt or to heal. The ego should be brought to your judgment and found warning there. Without your own allegiance, protection, and love, it cannot exist. Judge your ego truly, and you must withdraw allegiance, protection, and love from it. Thank you, Fran. And LeMoyne.
Your mind and mine can unite in shining your ego away and releasing the strength of God into everything you think and will and do. Do not settle for anything less than this and refuse to accept anything but this as your goal. Watch your minds carefully for any beliefs that hinder its accomplishment and step away from them. Judge how well you have done this by your own feelings, for this is the one right use of judgment. Judgment, like any other defense, can be used to attack or protect, to hurt or to heal. The ego should be brought to your judgment and found wanting there. Without your own allegiance, protection, and love, it cannot exist. Judge your ego truly, and you must withdraw allegiance, protection, and love from it. You are mirrors of truth in which God himself shines in perfect light. To the ego's dark glass, you need but say, I will not look there because I know these images are not true. Then let the Holy One shine on you in peace, knowing that this and only this must be. His shine, excuse me, his mind shone on you in your creation and brought your mind into being. His mind still shines on you and must shine through you. Your ego cannot prevent him from shining on you, but it can prevent you from letting him shine through you. Thank you, Lemoyne and Robin Marie. Sixty-five, you are mirrors of truth in which God himself shines in perfect light. To the ego's dark glass, you need but say, quote, I will not look there because I know these images are not true, unquote. Then let the Holy One shine on you in peace, knowing that this and only this must be. His mind shone on you in your creation and brought your mind into being. His mind still shines on you and must shine through you. Your ego cannot prevent him from shining on you, but it can prevent you from letting him shine through you. 66. The first coming of Christ is just another name for the creation, for Christ is the Son of God. The second coming of Christ means nothing more than the end of the ego's rule over part of the minds of men and the healing of the mind. I was created like you in the first and I have called you to join me in the second. If you will think over your lives, you will see how carefully the preparations were made. I am in charge of the second coming and my judgment, which is used only for protection, cannot be wrong because it never attacks. Yours is so distorted that you believe I was mistaken in choosing you. I assure you, this is a mistake of your egos. Do not mistake it for humility. 
Thank you, Reverend Marie. And Judy. Thank you, Lori. The first coming of Christ is just another name for the creation. For Christ is the Son of God. The second coming of Christ means nothing more than the end of the ego's rule over part of the minds of men and the healing of the mind. I was created like you in the first, and I have called you to join with me in the second. If you will think over your lives, you will see how carefully the preparations were made. I am in charge of the second coming, and my judgment, which is used only for protection, cannot be wrong because it never attacks. Yours is so distorted that you believe I was mistaken in choosing you. I assure you, this is a mistake of your egos. Do not mistake it for humility. (laughs) Oh, this is a great section. Your egos are trying to convince you that they are real, and I am not, because if I am real, I am no more real than you are. Imagine that. (laughs) That knowledge, and I assure you that it is knowledge, means that Christ must come into your minds and heal them. And although I am not attacking your egos, I am working with your higher mind, whether you are asleep or awake. Just as your ego does with your lower mind, I am your vision in this because you are too confused to recognize your own hope. I was not mistaken. Your minds will elect to join with mine, and together we are invincible. Thank you, Judy. Uh, And Karen. 67. Your egos are trying to convince you that they are real and I am not. Because if I am real, I am no more real than you are. That knowledge, and I assure you that that is, is knowledge, means that Christ must come into your minds and heal them. Although I am not attacking your egos, I am working with your higher mind, whether you are asleep or awake, just as your ego does with your lower mind. I am your vigilance in this, because you are too confused to recognize your own hope. I was not mistaken. Your minds will elect to join with mine, and together we are invincible. 68. You will yet come together in my name, and your sanity will be restored. I raise the dead by knowing that life is an eternal attribute of everything that the living God created. Why do you believe it is harder for me to inspire the dispirited or to stabilize the unstable? I do not believe that there is an order of difficulty in miracles you do i have called and you will answer i know that miracles are natural because they are expressions of love 
my calling you is as natural as your answer and as inevitable. Thank you, Karen uh, and Jessica. Thank you. <clears throat> 68. You will yet come together in my name and your sanity will be restored. I raise the dead by knowing that life is an eternal attribute of everything that the living God created. Why do you believe it is harder for me to inspire the dispirited or to stabilize the unstable? I do not believe that there is an order of difficulty in miracles. You do. I have called and you will answer. I know that miracles are natural because they are expressions of love. My calling you is as natural as your answer and is as inevitable. Amen. Amen indeed. Thank you, Jessica. Talk about an advanced seminar in the escape from fear, huh? Um, I'm glad to hear that um, you love it as much as I do, and I find it so helpful. I've talked about that before. Um, to keep it ever present in my mind, this vigilance. And I would so love to hear it read again um, as a harmony. What thank you, people. Let it rip. <laughs> I'm in. Should <laughs> we do it one more time? Just, yeah. just as, as one flowing piece? Okay. All right. So that being said, Diana, you can start us out on paragraph 54. Jessica, 55. 56. Karen, 56. Judy, 57. Robin Marie, 58. Um, you, you slipped on the numbers, Lori. I, yeah. I'm sorry? What did I do? You slip on. You started at fifty-four, and then you adjust, which is too early, and then you went one forward. So, <laughs> you guys can tell I'm dyslexic, right? <laughs> that makes me happy. Okay. That makes me comfortable to hear that. <laughs> me too. Oh shoot. Okay. So, just start do, over. Do you guys, all right. Let me look at the page. Fifty-six is Diana, 57 is Jessica, 58 is Karen, 59 is Judy, Robin Marie is 60, Lemoyne is 61, Fran is 62. Am I all right now? No. Doing okay? You're right on. No? Good. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Anybody new reader after 62? Anybody like to join in here? Wendy will read. Wendy, you go for it on 63, 63 is Wendy. Got it. Yep. Volunteer for 64. All right, then we'll go back to the bottom again. <laughs> go back to the bottom again. Um, Wendy is 63. Diana is 64, 
Jessica is 65, Karen is 66, Judy is 67, and Robin Marie is 68. Oh, yay. Okay. I guess... Uh, and Lori. Like yes? Yes. Um, <clears throat> I just had to look back and see what the 54 and 5 were. Maybe you could read those to get us rolling. <laughs> hey, you know what? I'd love to. <laughs> I felt deprived. <laughs> All right. All right. Here we go. We'll get rolling with 54 in your own unconscious. Deeply repressed by the ego is the declaration of your release. God has given you everything. This is the one fact that means the ego does not exist and which therefore makes it profoundly afraid. In the ego's language, remember, to have and to be are different. But they are identical to the soul. The soul knows that you both have everything and are everything. Any distinction in this respect is meaningful only when the idea of quote-unquote getting, which implies a lack, has already been accepted. That is why we made no distinction before between having the kingdom of God and being the kingdom of God. 55. The calm being of God's kingdom, which in your sane mind is perfectly conscious, is ruthlessly banished from the part of the mind which the ego rules. The ego is desperate because it opposes literally invincible odds, whether you are awake or asleep. Consider how much vigilance you've been willing to exert to protect your ego and how little you've been willing to expend to protect your higher mind. Who but the insane would undertake to believe what is not true and then protect this belief at the cost of truth? Insane. Go ahead, Diana. Okay, yes, 56, uh, uh, 5, the escape from fear, 56. If you cannot hear the voice of God, it is because you do not choose to listen. The fact that you do listen is the voice of your ego. Uh, let, me that. let me just start again. I apologize. 56. If you cannot hear the voice of God, it is because you do not choose to listen. The fact that you do listen to the voice of your ego is demonstrated by your attitudes, your feelings, and your behavior. Your attitudes are obviously conflicted. Your feelings have a narrow range on the negative side, but are never purely joyous. And your behavior is neither strained, is either strained or unpredictable. Yet this is what you want. This is what you are fighting to keep and what you are vigilant to save. Your minds are filled with schemes to save the face of your egos. And you do not seek the face of God. The glass in which the ego seeks to see its face is dark indeed. How can it maintain the trick of its existence except with mirrors? But where you look to find yourself is up to you. 
57. We have said that you cannot change your mind by changing your behavior. But we have also said, and many times before, that you can change your mind. When your mood tells you that you have chosen wrongly, and this is so whenever you are not joyous, that then know this need not be. In every case, you have thought wrongly about some soul that God created and are perceiving images your ego makes in a darkened glass. Think honestly what you have thought that God would not have thought and what you have not thought that God would have you think. Search sincerely for what you have done and left undone accordingly and then change your mind to think with God's. 58. This seems hard to you, but it is much easier than trying to think against it. Your mind is one with God's. Denying this and thinking otherwise has held your ego together, but has literally split your mind. As a loving brother, I am deeply concerned with your mind and urge you to follow my example as you look at yourselves and at each other and see in both the glorious creations of a glorious Father. When you are sad, know that this need not be. Depression always arises, ultimately from a sense of being deprived of something you want and do not have. No, you are deprived of nothing except by your own decision and then decide otherwise. When you are anxious, know that all anxiety comes from the capriciousness of the ego and need not be. You can be as vigilant against the ego's dictates as for them. When you feel guilty, know that the ego has indeed violated the laws of God, but you have not. Leave the sins of the ego to me. That is what atonement is for. But until you change your mind about those your ego has hurt, the atonement cannot release you. As long as you feel guilty, your ego is in command because only the ego can experience guilt. This need not be. Watch your mind for the temptations of the ego and do not be deceived by it. No, it offers you nothing. When you have given up this voluntary dispiriting, you will see how your mind can focus and rise above fatigue and heal. Yet you are not sufficiently vigilant against the demands of the ego to disengage yourself. This need not be. 63. The habit of engaging with God and his creations is easily made if you actively refuse to let your mind slip away. Problem 
is not one of concentration. It is the belief that no one, including yourself, is worth consistent effort. Side with me consistently against this deception and do not permit this shabby belief to pull you back. The disheartened are useless to themselves and to me, but only the ego can be disheartened. Have you really considered how many opportunities you have to gladden yourselves and how many of them you have refused? There is no limit to the power of a son of God, but he himself can limit the expression of his power as much as he chooses. Can Is it my turn? Oh. <laughs> Are you on mute, Diana? Oh. Oh, my goodness. I, I was so uh, into the moment of list- taking all of this in, I just went somewhere else. <laughs> okay. Uh, 64. Your mind and mine can unite in shining your ego away and releasing the strength of God into everything you think and will and do. Do not settle for anything less than this and refuse to accept anything but this as your goal. Watch your minds carefully for any disbeliefs that hinder its accomplishment and step away from them. Judge how well you have done this by your own feelings for this is the one right use of judgment judgment like any other defense can be used to attack or protect to hurt or to heal the eagle should be brought to your judgment and found wanting there without your own allegiance protection and love It cannot exist. Judge your ego truly, and you must withdraw allegiance, protection, and love from it. Thank you. You are mirrors of truth in which God himself shines in perfect light. To the ego's dark glass, you need but say, I will not look there because I know these images are not true. Then let the Holy One shine on you in peace, knowing that this and only this must be. His mind shone on you in your creation and brought your mind into being. His mind still shines on you and must shine through you. Your ego cannot prevent him from shining on you, but it can prevent you from letting him shine through you. The first coming of Christ is just another name for the creation. For Christ is the Son of God. The second coming of Christ means nothing more than the end of the ego's rule over part of the minds of men and the healing of the mind. I was created like you in the first and I have called you to join with me 
in the second. If you will think over your lives, you will see how carefully the preparations were made. I am in charge of the second coming, and my judgment, which is used only for protection, cannot be wrong because it never attacks. Yours is so distorted that you believe I was mistaken in choosing you. I assure you, this is a mistake of your egos. Do not mistake it for humility. Your egos are trying to convince you that they are real, and I am not, because if I am real, and I am no more real than you are, that knowledge, and I assure you that it is knowledge, means that Christ must come into your minds and heal them. Although I am not attacking your egos, I am working with your higher mind, whether you are asleep or awake just as your ego does with your lower mind. I am your vigilance in this, because you are too confused to recognize your own hope. I was not mistaken. Your minds will elect to join with mine, and together we are invincible. You will yet come together in my name and your sanity will be restored. I raise the dead by knowing that life is an eternal attribute of everything that the living God created. Why do you believe it is harder for me to inspire the dispirited or to stabilize the unstable? I do not believe that there is any order of difficulty in miracles. You do. I have called and you will answer. I know that miracles are natural because they are expressions of love. My calling you is as natural as your answer and as inevitable. Amen. Thank you, everyone. Um, it was so sweet to hear it all together like that. And uh, as I heard it the second time, of course, I couldn't help but hear echoes of our lesson today. I'll lift it straight out of this reading. So, Fran, uh, if you want to lead our reflection, I'd sure appreciate it, as I'm yeah. sure will the group. Yeah. Thank you. Hi, everybody. We are in the first part of the workbook, and today we are on Lesson 43. God is my source. I cannot see apart from him. So I shall read the lesson and then we'll, we'll go and do our five-minute practice on it. It's a little long. I hope it's okay. <laughs> lesson 43, God is my source. I cannot see apart from him. Perception is not an attribute of God. His is the realm of knowledge. Yet he has created the Holy Spirit as a mediator between perception and knowledge. Without this link with God, perception would have replaced knowledge forever in your minds. With this link with God, perception will become so changed and purified that it will lead to knowledge. That is its function as the Holy Spirit sees it. Therefore, that is its function in truth. 
In God, you cannot see. Perception has no function in God and does not exist. Yet in salvation, which is the undoing of what never was, perception has a mighty purpose. Made by the Son of God for an unholy purpose, it must become the means for the restoration of his holiness to his awareness. Perception has no meaning, yet does the Holy Spirit give it a meaning very close to God's. Healed perception becomes the means by which the Son of God forgives his brother and thus forgives himself. You cannot see apart from God because you cannot be apart from God. Whatever you do, you do in him because whatever you think, you think with his mind. If vision is real, and it is real to the extent to which it shares the Holy Spirit's purpose, then you cannot see apart from God. Three five-minute practice periods are required today. One as early as possible, and another as late as possible. The third may be undertaken at the most convenient and suitable time which circumstances and readiness permit. At the beginning of these practice periods, Repeat the idea to yourself with eyes open. Then glance around you for a short time applying the idea, specifically to what you see. Four or five subjects for this phase of the exercises are sufficient. You might say, for example, God is my source. I cannot see this desk apart from him. God is my source. I cannot see that picture apart from him. Although this part of the exercise period should be relatively short, be sure that you select the subjects for this phase indiscriminately without self-direction, inclusion, or exclusion. For the second and longer phase of the practice period, close your eyes, repeat today's idea again, and then let whatever relevant thoughts come to you add to the idea in your own personal way. Thoughts such as, I see through the eyes of forgiveness. I see the world as blessed. The world can show me myself. I see my own thoughts which are like God's. Or any thought related more or less directly to God's idea is suitable. The thoughts need not bear an obvious relationship to the idea, but they should not be in opposition to it. If you should find your mind wondering, if you begin to be aware of thoughts which are clearly out of accord with today's idea, or if you seem to be unable to think of anything, open your eyes. Repeat the first phase and then try the second phase again. Do not allow any protracted period to occur in which you become preoccupied with irrelevant thoughts. Return to the first phase of the exercises as often as necessary to prevent this. In applying today's idea in the shorter practice periods, the form may vary according to the circumstances and situations in which you find yourself during the day. When you are with someone else, for example, try to remember to tell him silently, God is my source. I cannot see you apart from this. This form is equally applicable to strangers and to those you know well. Try 
in fact, not to make distinctions of this kind at all. The idea should also be applied throughout the day to various situations and events which may occur, particularly to those which distress you in any way. For this kind of application, use this form. God is my source. I cannot see this apart from him. If no particular subject presents itself to your awareness, merely repeat the idea in its original form. Try today not to allow long periods of time to slip by without remembering today's idea and thus remembering your function. Lesson 43, God is my source. I cannot see apart from him. Five minutes.
Now I'll read the paragraph from the review of Lesson 43. God is my source. I cannot see apart from him. I can see what God wants me to see. I cannot see anything else. Beyond his will, he only is only illusions. It is these I choose when I think I can see apart from him. It is these I choose when I try to see through the body's eyes. Yet the vision of Christ has been given me to replace them. It is through this vision that I choose to see. Lesson 43, God is my source. I cannot see apart from him. Amen. Beautiful. Thank you, Fran. Thank you, Fran. Thank you, Fran. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Good morning, Karen. I have some thoughts. Uh, Robin Marie, would you like to go first, just in case you have to go to work? Hi. This is a really incredibly good lesson, and it, to me, um, I'm trying to figure out how to if I'm uh, how to not be defensive, normally I'm not defensive, but if someone straight on attacks me, it's very difficult to not be defensive. And I'm, I'm, I'm really practicing that. I'm thinking about how Jesus said, if someone strikes you on the cheek, give them the other cheek. And I'm trying to wrap my head around that because I believe that that stops uh, aggression and so that's my only thought is that I'm I'm just pondering that and I know that source will give me the answer to that thank you thank you, thank you. Robert Marie. hi it's Karen thank you so much Robin Marie. we'd love to hear from you um God is my source. I cannot think apart from him. Uh, So I'm not feeling, I I felt like this big wave of negativity came upon me yesterday afternoon. And the ego mind wants to ascribe some interpretation about it and meaning to it and where it came from and all those things. And the question is, what am I thinking that God would not think? What is my mind accepting as truth? That is not true. The lesson says um, God doesn't have perception. He only has knowledge. But the Holy Spirit will use my perception to correct me into right-mindedness if I give all my perception over to him to interpret. So I was feeling like kind of a heaviness and... um, like anger. I was feeling angry. <laughs> and I was like, where did this come from? What happened? You know, it was just like around 2.30 yesterday afternoon. It felt like this big black cloud came over me. And I didn't do anything, you know, specifically that I could, I wasn't talking to anyone. I wasn't judging anyone. Anyway, so the question is, what am I thinking that 
um, God would not think? And, and the answer is that it means something. Let it not mean anything. Let me not even feel like I care. Let me not even ascribe it any power. Okay, there's a cloud passing over me, like the weather, you know, that roomy thing. Uh, you know, I, this being human is a guest house. Every day, another experience, you know, a sadness, a joy, a depression. If it's passing through me, it's just passing through me to heal. The meaning that I ascribe to it is my problem. I can be grateful. Oh, I feel shitty. I feel, excuse me, pardon my French. I feel angry. Oh, you know, glory to God. I'm just being purified. I'm being grateful. I'm grateful that God is moving something through me, something to be released. And I pray for if somebody's thinking on me or it's someone else's energy, that, that they be blessed, that they get a healing from it. So in other words, turning it around, what, how God would hold this, that I'm not holding it. How, how is it God holding it? How would Jesus hold this? That's the answer to this need not be. If you feel angry, if I judge it, then I'm, then I'm locking into it and identifying with it. But if I'm just saying, hmm, that's, you know, what is this to me, Lord? I follow you. It's just passing me by. I, God is my source. I am one with God. God is my strength. I just kept saying that all day yesterday. And God is my strength. Vision is his gift. Maybe I didn't have vision yesterday like I would like, but it's coming. That's what Jesus told us today in the reading. It's coming. To stay steadfast. I am complete. Thank you. It's inevitable. That's beautiful, Karen. Yeah, thank you. Um, thank you. I would like to invite Lori. If I got that wrong... I only want to hear it if I got it wrong, if you want to tell me, but I think my ego is too prickly for anyone else to tell me. <laughs> I hope I got it wrong. Thank you. Uh, God bless you. No, in my practice, uh, you, just, um, you just mirrored my practice exactly. Um, it's, I've given everything I see, all the meaning that it has for me, you know? And... Um, and if I'm listening, that's my takeaway today. Uh, the ego is as loud as my willingness to listen, and likewise, Holy Spirit, as loud as my willingness to listen. <clears throat> and the key takeaway, um, for I call this that this need not be, is um, I just love that expression, you know. Isn't that an expression of love? from Christ's mind, this need not be. This need not be. <clears throat> My feelings, um, I'm, I didn't realize, and that, that's the other takeaway from this, there's one unmuted line, I didn't realize the extent to which I was really afraid of my feelings. And this section is called The Escape from Fear. It, this is uh, really relevant to women, especially I think we're indoctrinated or somehow conditioned to the fact that feelings are bad. I was, I know, and 
uh, don't be so emotional was a phrase I heard uh, often growing up. Um, and I think that's probably common to women too. So I grew up with a sense of being afraid of how I feel. And um, and that caused a lot of thinking about uh, judgment and judgment thoughts. But the promise of this section is that I can be vigilant. I have that ability to recognize that feelings flow from thought, not the other way around. Feelings flow from thought. And so I'm encouraged, actually. Where is it right there? Paragraph 64. I am encouraged to use my judgment as a light upon my feelings. That's the one right use of judgment. So as you said, Karen, uh, you used your light to recognize the cloud. That's the one right use of judgment. And recognize that the feeling flows out of that judgment. So all I need to do is change my mind to think with God. The most powerful line I think in the Course. What have you thought that God would not have thought? What if you failed to think that God would have thought? Then change your mind to think with God. And, and the essence of that phrase, those two sentences, is that there's something in me that knows what God would have thought. And that same something knows what God would not have thought. It's there inherent in my being. And will I believe that I am worth consistent effort in that regard? Will I believe that I am worth consistent effort in that regard? No will except my own is strong enough or worthy enough to guide me. In that I am as free as God. That's another quote. So when I um, start to get an inkling of the cost, the cost of listening to the ego's voice is in terms of my loss of peace and my judgment thoughts and my negative feelings and my bad internal weather, all I need to do is recognize that's a cost I do not will will, will to pay. <clears throat> Um, feelings come from thoughts. So recognize that. Recognize I need not experience it this way. Change my mind. Um, I'm complete. Oh, thank you. That was good. Thank you. Thank Very you, Lauren. Nice. Yeah. All right. I, um, I'm glad you touched on that, Lori, because that was, you know, feelings, you can think it, but you have to feel it. You know, there's a part of you that does have the answer, you know, if you, if you sit and you, and, you, and you stay in that, answers will come. One, one thing that I, I really resonated with uh, was 67, um, paragraph 67. Your egos 
are trying to convince you that they are real. I'm going to stop right there, you know, because if you believe that, well, let's just finish the sentence. Your egos are trying to convince you that they are real, and I am not, because if I am real, I am no more real than you are. And it really got me thinking because, I mean, that's the whole crux of where our ego exists. You know, the ego, first of all, it's not real, okay? It's, it's not real. Um, it was created, you know? I, I, it wasn't created, excuse me. That's, that's the point I was trying to, to make. We made it. It wasn't created. It's, it, it's like um, an invention or fiction, you know? It's crazy. It doesn't have a source. It doesn't have a reason. It's like a death wish, really, when you think about it, you know. Um, I just feel like um, one of the central teachings is uh, that the entire ego thought system is a delusion, and a delusion cannot be real. And what is real has no power, and it can't have any effect. What is real is a certainty and knowledge of what we are in God. And I and I, and I I really got carried away when with the lesson that we were reading today. Um, uh, you know, there was um, God is my source, and I cannot see apart from Him. Yesterday, when I was in church, I really went with that lesson. I went with that being that bodiless mind with such love with everything and everybody that I saw. It was just there. I couldn't avoid it. There was so much love coming at me in every different direction. And I um, I had walked by this one morning that I, I do service for the kitchen first thing in the morning making coffee. And, and then after um, the meditation service that I attend, I walked back in. And by that, then the... the, the this man comes in and other team members that help get things continue to roll, you know. And I said, well, how can I be of service here? And I, I scanned the table to see if anything needed to be cleaned up or neatened up, you know, in the time that I was gone. And I was heading towards the kitchen and this man stopped me and he said, he says, I, I am a, a Reiki leader uh, or a Reiki master. And he said, I just had to... I had to follow you because your energy was so strong and so pure. Well, can, would you mind if I touched your hand? And we, we sat down and we had a conversation. And I said, this, I, I've heard this before. But I was so in love with God and everything that I was in that now moment. I was in what, you know, I wasn't bringing the ego from the past throwing it into my future. So it gave me more disrest because that's, it doesn't want to keep me in the now, which is where eternity is. And then I, I had attended the service, and when I was out, I, I stopped at the welcome station, and there was this, this little Jesus about, oh, maybe three-fourths of an inch, and there was, he was sitting on a paper, and it says, Hi, take me home with you. It's what I'm here for. And it made me laugh. 
And I did. I picked it up and I put it in my pocket. And, and when I was on my way out, there was this man that, that stopped me. And he said, excuse me, he said, I am an aura reader. And I have to let you know that there are so many orbs around you right now. And he said, can we have a moment to talk? And I thought, oh, my God. Um, yeah, sure, you know, of course. And we, we sat and we talked. We had a little conversation until we got kicked out of the prayer room where people come in afterwards to pray. And it was just an affirmation and confirmation. And I really needed to hear these two men. You know, and what they had to say as confirmation that if I'm working this, because I feel it. There have been people in my path when I'm really in my right mind that have stopped me, like this one man when he noticed I was talking to the trees and asked me if I would come over to his property and bless his property because it was, you know, he was having trouble with things growing. And I, uh, I, I don't want to say, it's becoming more and more apparent to me that when I do notice, thank you that I notice, and I practice. This isn't anything that, this takes practice. This takes a daily conscious awareness to be in God's vision, to be in that love, to be in that presence, because that is who we are. And, and, I, and I love, Lori, when you said that this is kind of a, oh, um, how did you phrase it when you had mentioned, um, let me just turn to the page because I actually wrote that down. That was pretty good. It was a dictation or a summary or, um, you said, oh, advanced seminar <laughs> from the escape of the ego. And thank God that we got to read this lesson. And, and I have it actually, I put a little tab marker because it's something I want to read and, and keep about me, you know, um, and go and refer back to, because it's a lesson out of fear. It clearly is a lesson out of fear. And any time that, that I just stand with God and I just stay in the now moment, I feel that I am that, and I'm complete. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Diana. That was so enjoyable. Oh, Diana. Thank you. Yeah. This is Diana. And I was late coming on the call, but I came on uh, early enough to hear most of your share. That just made my heart sing. I'm so happy for you. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you, Lana. All glow. Good for you. <laughs> Good for us. Good for everybody. Um, good morning, guys. I love this lesson. And this is one of my absolute particularly favorite parts of the text. And um, I'm glad, Lori, that you, you kept saying 54 instead of 56 because the, the last line in, in um, the previous section of the text really just sings to the lesson um, who but the insane would undertake to believe what is not true and then protect this belief at the cost of truth. And um, I think that in one, in one sentence speaks to how we 
make an image of a, a, a self-image, a body image, or a, a concept out of a body image, an ego self, and, and then we judge it and, and criticize it and complain it, complain about it and, and um, condemn it and feel guilty about it, you know, that unconsciously somehow we, we're, we're bearing false witness against how God created us in truth. And um, the cost of that is that we're making ourselves miserable, that we're a victim of our own thinking, our own, our own egoic mind thought system. We make an image and then out of, out of fear and guilt, and shame, we're afraid to look at it because we judge it and condemn it. And then we're, we're in this constant chronic state of fear and misery. And the insanity of that is like, really? We're going to do this to ourselves? And this whole section, Escape from Fear, is, is about not making myself a victim to false beliefs. Am I going to believe I am as God created me, that God created me as a spirit, immortal spirit? Sure, I came in, I came into the world, but I'm not of the world, that God gave me everything, that I'm not in any kind of state of lack or unworthiness, or I'm perfect. And that's the whole point of practicing the lessons and seeing through the eyes of Christ. Seeing through the only part of my mind that's real, the part of my mind that's forever linked to God's, that can't be unlinked. It's never been unlinked. I just laid all this egoic thinking on top of it, clouds of it, on the glass, in the, in the glass, looking in the, to see my face, the face of a body, it's dark indeed. And how can it maintain the trick of its existence except with mirrors? And that's all we do when we come into the world. We mirror each other in our bodies and we substantiate the, the reality of bodies being in the world. And, and the, the Course speaks so clearly of this in the text. When it says the body is merely an instrument of perception that only validates its own reality that the, the touch of the fingers validates the fingers. That's the only thing that it validates. The eyes that see the bodies are the eyes that validate the body. But we cannot see with those eyes. That's looking through the glass, dark glass, and seeing darkness. That's being in the darkness. That's being asleep. And the importance of the recognition of the difference between perception and knowledge, knowing who I am in truth, I have to look inside and sit down with God and talk to Christ and the Holy Spirit and say, who am I? Where am I? What am I? And only there am I going to get my answers because the ego knows nothing about who I am. It's constantly changing, in a state of change, variable, unstable, insecure, afraid. And none of that did God create. What God created in me is changeless, changelessly quiet and calm and peace, at peace and, and a constant state of joy and happiness. 
Now, I've read enough of this course and done enough lessons to know that that's what the course tells me I am. And unless I side with that side of myself, the only true truth within me, I'm, you know, I'm a victim of my own, own design here. I'm, <laughs> I'm being a whole lot of miserable ways that I need not be. Guilty, anxious, afraid, sad, um, you know, this, this whole section. I'm not a beaming, powerful light, light of love and truth and, and mercy and kindness and holiness and respect and appreciation and honoring. I'm just a complaint department. <laughs> and this I know because I, I lived that way for a long time. And um, to recognize and judge the ego and what it would make of me is not something that I'm willing to settle for, not willing at all to settle for, um, and not mistaking it for humility that I'm going to improve this ego somehow. This is not a self-improvement program. I'm not trying to make Judy better. I am as God created me. I'm perfect. I'm a perfectly innocent, pure, intelligent, wise, non-judgmental, accepting and loving spirit. So, restore my sanity. Um, the insanity of thinking I'm something I not, I'm not. The, um, you know, thinking I'm a body. It's so unstable and changing every day. But to have a home ground. My home ground is peace. My home ground is resting in God. It's trusting in God. My self-reliance is upon Christ and God. My true self-reliance. Because if I'm depending upon my ego, I will be afraid. It can't figure anything out. It's in a constant state of confusion. It doesn't know anything. So, ergo, no more mistakes in my self-appraisal. <laughs> and God is my source. And intimately he sees me and knows me as I shall know myself. I am one with my source, and I cannot see without him. I am complete. Beautifully said, Lana. Thank you. I love it. If I'm depending Thank on you, my Judy. ego, <laughs> I mean, Judy, 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 Judy. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. Oh, that's, so that word dispirited. I will not dispirit myself. Dispirit myself. I will not dishearten myself. I will not forsake myself while I'm making Christ, making the kingdom of God bereft, usurping, meanlessly usurping the power of God, which I can't do, in order to make myself miserable. I mean, how is that? Oh, God help us, what and all. Thanks, Jude. 
Good morning, everyone. It's Lana. Um, I, what I loved about the reading today, I read it earlier, is um, Jesus doesn't say anywhere, well, in the lesson either, doesn't say anywhere that I need to do battle with the ego, that I need to try to fix it or understand it or make it different. He's just asking, I, you know, and I don't need to judge myself either uh, for being seemingly aligned with it. Um, if I, you know, if I take the stance of just observing it, just in that act, I discover I'm not it. I'm the one that chose to go out and play with it <laughs> or to, um, you know, engage in it. I'm the one that is the chooser. And um, so just if I just notice that, oops, I did it again, I can turn my attention to God. I find it much easier to be for something than against something, than fight against something. So if I notice that I've become susceptible to the ego mentality, in choosing God, I, all I do is, is I focus my attention on God. Just for me, just in doing that act, just changing, making a different choice, um, you know, and choosing God instead and keeping my thoughts and, you know, what would God have me do? What would God have me say? How would God have me, have me feel? God is always there, even if I if my um, wandering mind, as Jesus puts it, is time traveling into the past, regrets of the future worries. But when I bring that awareness back to the present moment and rest in God or, or just read something or think beautiful thoughts or do something that brings me peace, anything that God would have me do and what God would have me do is do what brings me peace. If I make that choice, you know, that changes the whole picture. That just flips it over. I'm doing what God would have me do. I'm choosing peace. I'm choosing love. You know, I'm just not making that choice for sadness and victimhood. You know, my focus and attention is on God, and the more I integrate and apply that in my everyday life, you know, God does go with me wherever I go. God is in my mind. You know, I can't think apart from God, because God is my source. How can I think apart from God when I'm a thought in his mind? You know, um, you know, uh, ego mentality is like... Um, the soul is very childlike, and it just wants to get into mischief. So its curiosity is, oh, what, what would it be like to go play over there in that forbidden area? <laughs> and out of my curiosity and my um, childlike nature, I'll make a choice, and I will suffer the consequences and learn from that choice. Hopefully, so I don't make that choice again, because I'll see the effects of it. But as long as I'm choosing God, I'm safe. You know, that's 
as long as I have that willingness to choose God, you know, God just seems to quicken and take over from there. I return to peace and all the feelings of sadness as he puts in the reading or anxiety or depression. You know, they all just fade because my mind is focused on God rather than the effects of my ego thinking. And when I focus on God, it's, it's like pouring this beautiful healing bomb or I call it love potion number one on my soul and mind and it heals it. So um, it's, it, it's not what I have to fix or change. I just have to bring my focus and attention to God. That's it. That's all I have to do is make the choice be willing to leave that desert in my mind and to um, find, go back to the garden, the beautiful garden of my mind. So I'm complete. Thanks for listening. Thank you, Anna. Very beautiful. Thank you very much. I have a quick question to just put out to Lana. Um, I, w- I was talking with her, and she said, can you imagine if everybody poured love on Hitler, What, how it could have changed him? Lana, is it possible? What would happen if we poured love on ego? I know it's a part of, it's not real, but if, what if we did that? Can you, what is your, what is your thought on that? Well, you know, once Jesus told me or asked me, you know, what real or imagined is unworthy of the love of God? Love is the remedy for anything appearing unlike itself. Even the ego, you know, instead of what would happen if I embraced that childish mind, that um, mischievous child um that runs wild in my mind. What if I embrace that as I would a toddler, not judging it, but just embracing it with love? What would that be like if I didn't judge at all, but judged everything as innocent? Jesus says that we will judge, but he says if you must judge, to judge everything. He didn't say accept the ego. He said to judge everything as innocent. Because I can't see innocence unless I feel innocence and and decide and make that choice for innocence, you know, that everything is innocent. So for me, that works. You know, for me, um, whenever I've fallen into ego mentality, it's I've judged something. I've judged myself. I've judged the world. I've judged... My ego, I've judged you know, somebody in the world. I've judged, I've judged something as being other than the love of God. And if the love of God is the only reality, I've, I've gone against God. You know, I've, I've um, denied God and said, no, you're not worthy of the love of God. You're not a perfect creation. You know, it, it's, uh, I've just learned to see everything and everyone is innocent, including myself. And, that's, um, and when I'm not at peace, that's usually at the root of it. 
I've judged something amiss, either my physical condition, you know, maybe my back or my breathing or my heart. I've judged um, someone might have pushed a button, an unhealed button within me, and I've judged them. But something's gone amiss that I've judged as not being innocent and true because innocent is the nature of everything. Um, and just by judging it as not being innocent, you know, that's the power of the mind, whether I'm using it for the ego or for God or for, for truth or for illusion. My mind is powerful, and I decree you're guilty. You will show up in my experience as being guilty. You know, you come to validate that person or that thing will come, or my body will come to validate that. Yep, you wanted me, you wanted me to be sick. Here I am. <laughs> and it, in time, it seems like a linear pattern of one thing following the other. But in truth, there is no time. So it seems to happen simultaneously. It does happen simultaneously. I have the thought, and boom, there's the pain in my back. You know, <laughs> you know so um, I just have to let it be and, and use that time in allowing it to be Allowing it to be is like not giving it a false reality, and it gives me time to use forgiveness to extend the love of God to it. And anything touched by love um, is healed. So I, I, you know, I still hold to the truth that uh, love's the remedy for anything unlike itself. That's the one potion and the one heal-all for everything. And and it's used in forgiveness. It, it's used uh, in the atonement, it, whether you talk about salvation. Anything that's true that's used, used for healing has its origin in love. So anyway, I'm complete. Didn't mean to rattle on so long. No, it was beautiful. Yeah, thank you, Lana. I guess when you when you do shine love, this is Diana, on ego, what begins to happen, it begins to diminish back into the perfect love of God, and you forget about that. It even existed. And you, even if that's temporarily, and the laughter comes back, and the love is present, and there you've healed it by healing yourself. I'm complete. <clears throat> Thank you, Diana. Yeah, that's true. Thank you, Diana. That's true because I can't, I can't be in fear if I'm focused on love. You know, I can't experience those two emotions at the same time. So when I choose love, ego fades out of my awareness naturally. I don't have to do anything because I'm focused on love. You know, I'm choosing love. So it will once I choose truth and align my mind with truth. The ego, whatever, however form it's appearing in, disappears, mainly because it wasn't real to begin with. The only thing that gave it a false reality was the meaning I gave to it. You know, so when I withdraw that meaning and choose God instead, it's like I'm starving it, <laughs> and it weakens and fades away and just flows out of my awareness. And all I do 
All I had to do was just focus on love instead. I'm complete. Thank you, Diana. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you, Lana. Yeah, thank you. Mm. I just want to speak to this because, um, <clears throat> you know, I think I think you got it. You got it right. Um, well, it's not really a matter of right and wrong. It's just a matter of what works in a in a, in a real sense. Um, <clears throat> that you know, this is. Um, you know, 64 says, uh, judge your ego truly, and you must withdraw allegiance, protection, and love from it. But still, it is healed by love, right? So it's like, it's, uh, this. he calls it, I think earlier in the section, part of the mind, right? It's a part of the mind that... All, holds a belief that's not true and leads only to fear and more judgment based on, you know, just this expanding of fear. And this would be the temptations of the ego, right? So in 62, it says, watch your mind for the temptations of the ego and do not be deceived by it. Um... (laughs) Even though the, I think at, at least at first and and uh, still for me often, it's like I have to watch for my mind. I mean, it's like I'll just be gone into that temptation. But the way back out is to know it offers you nothing and that this is something I'm doing to myself. And then I get that space to watch what's really going on and choose what it says in 64. And I'll modify it here a little bit just to get it in first person. My mind and the mind that was in Christ can unite in shining my ego away and releasing the strength of God into everything I think and will and do. Yeah. You know, do not settle for anything less than this and refuse to accept anything but this as my goal. Should have said I will not settle for anything less than this. And so it is even the the you know, the problem is a lack of love, but it's not love for the ideas of, that the ego presents, the beliefs or the thoughts, but it's love for the wholeness of being that allows love to uh, shine the ego away and and heal. This is healing. This That's why the second coming of Christ means nothing more than the end of the ego's rule over part of the minds of men and the healing of the mind. And so, I mean, it is <clears throat> it is healed by love. But I think it's, uh, 
it's based based on this on a truer perception that this is just part of the mind that is um, lost in in a in a bad cycle that will only generate more um, pain, fear, uh, and such cause for judgment. And it's all based on a belief in separation. And so the love can, it's all boundaries, <laughs> the ego, but it, 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 the love can flow around it, around those boundaries and hold the whole thing until it is like a dealing with an upset baby where you just kind of have to hold it until it, re it relaxes and releases what it is that's uh, it's just, uh, you know, based on the false belief that <clears throat> life is inherently painful or or full of suffering that the, to cling to that as meaning is is the issue and uh, you know so the change of the mind is to change where to look for meaning and withdraw allegiance from the ideas and beliefs especially the beliefs that support that and then you know then the love can shine it away and that's in terms of what was there, and the mind is restored to wholeness, and that's that's all I wanted to say. I'm complete. Hey, Ms. Thanks, Thanks for Wow, thank you. Thank, thank you, you so much, Lemoyne. That was great. I love the idea of shining. Love shines it away. <laughs> it's perfect. That's the other oh, yeah. thing Jesus says. Yeah, your minds are mirrors of truth. And you can't prevent him from shining on you, but I can prevent him from shining through me. That's that's where it's at. When he shines through me, I know who I am. And really, for me, the ego is nothing more than misidentification, you know. Oh, I thought I was thought I was that. One time I was um, in a real state because I thought I had been treated unfairly, grossly unfairly. And uh, and over that particular situation, I really got myself in a state, and I was ready to become indignant even. And. Um, and you know you know how that feels, you know, you can feel that in your body and it's like you know, everything kinda of stiffens up and just ready to really be indignant. And I was right at the precipice of that indignancy. When clear as a bell I heard Jesus say, Are you an ego? <laughs> oh gee whiz, I just kinda of laughed. It was really, really funny. And um and and that's to me that's um what it's like to become uh 
no longer held captive by its sway. You know, the only thing that's really ever redeemed, and that's my word for the day, is redeemed. The only thing that's ever redeemed is my awareness. And it's redeemed, uh, especially by lessons like today. God is my source. I cannot see apart from him. To see um, is to be aware. And um, the only thing that's ever redeemed is awareness. And you're right, Lemoyne, it's redeemed by light. And um, and to me, that's what it's like to let him shine through me. So um, thank you, everyone, for sharing this reading today, this advanced seminar in the release from fear. I've really, really, really enjoyed the harmony I've heard and, and the practice and the strength of the mind we share. So thank you. And I, I think... Um, Gee, you know, I was kind of given this. Maybe I better find it because it came from a source. Do not seek vision through your eyes, for you made your way of seeing that you might see in darkness, and in this you are deceived. Beyond this darkness, and yet still within you, is the vision of Christ, who looks on all in light. Your vision comes from fear as his from love, and he sees for you as your witness to the real world. He is the Holy Spirit's manifestation, looking always on the real world and calling forth its witnesses and drawing them unto you. For he loves what he sees within you, and he would extend it. And he will not return to the Father until he has extended your perception even unto him. And their perception is no more. For he has returned you to the Father with him. Amen. Thank you, everyone. And as is the case every day, we end the recording but not the call. So thanks for staying.